Hello there, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman, and you're listening to Exploring Different Brains. Hi, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. And today we have a visitor down here in Florida, all the way from Marshfield, Massachusetts, the parenting and addiction specialist, Jan Tedeschi. Jan, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. How did you get into addiction? <laughs> How did I get into addiction? Um, initially, I thought it was accidental. Um, freshman year of college, I was asked to do someone a favor and fill in in a position. Um, I thought you were going to say I was asked to do somebody a favor and get them a fix, but you didn't nope, say that. No, nope, <laughs> no fix, um, which actually kind of tied me into a detox. And I went with that story for quite a while, but the reality is I'm the daughter of an alcoholic mother. And she ran the detox. And addiction was the last field I intended on going into, to be honest with you. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty heavy duty. There's the script. We got a script here. <laughs> so what was it like growing up? It certainly gave me a first hand viewpoint of the stigma of addiction especially addiction for a female in the early 60s. There were very few women in a 12-step program back then. At the same token, my mother was extremely effective professionally and uh. saved many lives, from what I'm told. Um, but when it came to family members, that fear kicked in for addiction, and it was a very different picture. Um, there was a lot of turmoil and trauma with her inability to be effective with people in her life that were close to her. Well, it's like they say in medicine, you know, that a parent should never treat yes. a child. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, but the beauty of it was, in hindsight, it taught me or provided me the desire to learn to do it differently. What was your dad like? My dad was very quiet, very patient, extremely tolerant man, and um, didn't have a lot to say, but at the same token kind of began to understand addiction just by the very nature of being surrounded by it, as I did. Um, and soon chose to give up alcohol just um, and decided to set an example. How long have you been doing this? Since the early 20s, since I was in my early 20s. I actually... Now you're at least 30. Yes, a little bit, a little bit past the 30, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's been a while. It's been over 35 years. Now, do you consider like I do? I consider alcoholism and addiction, just another neurodiversity where the brain is wired differently. How do you feel about that? It certainly affects the brain. There is no question about it. Not in my opinion. And I am not a doctor. Um, but research has shown us there is no question about it. And that's where the reward center is. You know, which is what addiction can be all about, that reward and pleasure. Yeah. 
which is in the brain. A lot of the people you treat for addiction, mm -hmm. do they have other comorbidities with that? Yes, yes, very often. Are they, is there more, some more common than others? What would they be? Um, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, um, some bipolar. Um, it, it can really vary. There's no question about it. And I think sometimes the hard part is many come in with a diagnosis, but were diagnosed while they were using, which really makes it difficult because until the drug is removed um, and they become clear, um, sometimes the presentation can be very different. Uh. So sometimes what they're treated for when they come in may alter when they leave. Is there one particular thing about addiction and alcoholism that somebody like me would have no idea about, that just a, a lay person, John Q. Public, just wouldn't know about it, that you realize about it, that you'd like to share with our audience? One of the things that come to mind is that the key component in working with addiction from my perspective and can be in many areas, is really understanding that in many ways they're no different than you or I. So much of what's going on is very similar, um, and they kind of have the same basic human needs. Granted, their way of obtaining them may have impacted them negatively, and I think just being present and respecting them is really key because the shame and the guilt that goes along with addiction really interferes with their ability to relate or to understand that someone is genuinely there that cares. The shame and the guilt. Shame and the guilt is huge in addiction. And the other key component is usually not always, but usually their faith and their hope has been shattered, which is really unfortunate. Their faith and their hope has been shattered. How sad. Very sad. It's very sad. And it's one of the things I love doing in the field is finding an avenue or a pathway for them to open that door again. Because it's really a key component for many. Okay, so if I'm, uh, if I'm better mm -hmm. and I come to see you, what do you do? Um, sometimes people will touch base with me, yes, for a referral, um, but usually what I did was work in a treatment facility. What I'm doing now is consulting to professionals because it's a really misunderstood disease, yeah. and many of the therapists aren't trained in addiction. Many of your professionals aren't specifically trained in addiction and really don't understand the disease. And we've got many therapists sitting across desks that don't understand they're dealing with addiction. Well, the same thing is true of Asperger's and autism. Exactly. There's just no trainer. Exactly. And for our audience, what are your criteria when somebody just likes to drink and someone's an alcoholic? I know what they gave us in medical school on yeah. that, the term, but what are, what are your definition-wise, like uh, 
you know, I like to have a couple of drinks. What, when do I become an alcoholic? Not that I want to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a tough question because alcoholism can look very different for many people. Okay? Some people will drink 24-7. Some people will be able to maintain until 7 p.m., 4 p.m., and then drink. Some people could go for months and not pick up a drink, but when they pick up that drink, they're off and running. The disease is progressive. And sooner or later, they're going to end up in, in trouble of some sort. And that may look different for other people, whether it's a DUI or a divorce or, you know. Um, so it's really difficult, but it's really chronic. It's compulsive. It's relapsing, as we know. Um, and it's progressive, and people pick up where they left off. So what that picture looks like for you and I can be very different, which is, again makes it very difficult for people to understand addiction. And most people will look and say, I'm not an alcoholic, because what they're looking at is someone worse than they are. So it's really key how it's impacting your life. Tell our audience your thoughts on the 12-step programs. My mother's style of parenting was based on a 12-step program. I had the good fortune of having my mother get into recovery when I was two. And she worked a program. Having reaped the benefits of that and learned to utilize it myself, everyone would be fortunate to understand the wisdom in a 12-step program. What do you feel is you can tell our audience who are parents and they have, I'm just making up a number, an 18-year-old son who's drinking way too much and their fear he's becoming an alcoholic. What advice do you have for them? I think that one of the hardest parts of being a parent or anyone else is really taking a look at our own behavior. It's easy to manage other people's lives. And having done parenting for many years, to me it's really key that we role model the behavior that we're expecting of another. So I think that's kind of first and foremost and to help families understand that they're really a key component in addiction or delivering a message relative to addiction or concerns about addiction. Unfortunately, sometimes that fear gets the better of us as parents as we know. And how we deliver messages, we become entirely ineffective in the manner in which we do it. So my suggestion would be to really seek help, seek someone that they trust in terms of helping them reframe and delivering a message in which it can be received. And I think it's really key that they're honest about how they feel and have resources depending upon the reaction. Okay, I want to I want to read to our audience something you said in an email that really resonated with me and I've been playing it over in my brain but I wanted our audience to hear from you I'm just going to read the 
a quote, the need to bring about change in addiction as a brain disease is paramount. Can you elaborate on that? It's so apparent that people really don't understand addiction as a disease, let alone a brain disease. Again, we're still torn with that. It's a choice, and it's a behavioral choice which yes, there are behavioral changes that need to occur, but that is true of most diseases. Heart disease, um, um, because I think the more we realize that it, it is a disease, much like heart disease, we can begin to remove the stigma and start to understand how we can all impact or help whether it's before, during, or after. I think, unfortunately, not understanding that allows many people to avoid addressing concerning behavior like you were speaking to before, yeah. someone that's drinking heavily. Yeah. And I think years ago, we did a phenomenal job in delivering a message, don't drink and drive. Yes, because I remember back, I'm so old, I remember before Mothers Against Drunk Driving, it was, it was okay, it was cool to drive drunk. Yes. But not after Mothers Against Drunk Driving. I think the sad part about that was we delivered the message, don't drink and drive. In that, what was heard... It's it, okay to drink without driving. It's okay to get drunk. <laughs> yeah. Just don't drive. Yeah. And we have a whole millennium that does not understand addiction. And we do very little to educate the prevention of addiction. Tell us about the place of drugs in alcohol addiction. In other words, pharmaceutical drugs that are supposedly or may in fact be helpful. What's your experience with And you're not a doctor. So I am not a doctor. I'm just asking you as a... Uh, as a professional. I think that there is a place for it. There is no question about that. Again, I think that... It's overused in many cases. I think it's really unfortunate how we as a society have been, how do I say this, led to believe that many of the drugs that we are prescribed are safer than they actually are. And I also I'm concerned because many of the times when they're prescribed, the prescribers do not understand the side effects, the consequences of the drugs they're prescribing, nor is there often a thorough history of who they're being prescribed to. I don't think it's intentional, but I know, you know, our whole the whole opiate epidemic with our kids so many have been prescribed due to sports, in, um, sports injuries. And the, the thought process really hasn't been how are they going to be impacted and how much more impacted they may be because of how young they are. And none of us know how someone's going to react when given an opiate or any other drug or alcohol. And unfortunately for me, I can't tolerate opiates. If I've had surgery, I, I can take one, and, and I'm nauseous and sick. 
It's not the case for many people. They are high from the minute they take them. And it's a high that is like no other for them. And different people respond differently to different drugs. And we really have no idea how any one individual is going to react or where that's going to take them. Um, so I have a hesitancy yeah. and I have a concern because, again, there is such lack of understanding as to where it goes from there. Okay, and if I, so let's say I'm, I'm in the audience here, and I think I'm, I'm not sure, but I think I might be becoming an alcoholic, okay? What are some of the immediate steps I can do on my own that don't cost a lot of money? There are, there are, there are resources that are free of charge, like your 12-step programs. Whether it's for someone that's concerned about their drinking or a family member or loved one. We have the AA or um, NA and, and then we have Al-Anon which is for family members or loved ones. Which again can be a resource and the beauty of any of your 12-step programs is you don't even have to speak to someone. You don't have to what? I'm you sorry. don't have to speak to someone. You don't have to sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one and divulge anything. You can go in and simply listen, which I think for many is a really great place to start. Um, and from there, there are resources that people can give you that they provide. There are pamphlets. If our audience wants to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me through my website, which is jantedeski.com. Spell out Tedeschi for our audience, because I know I had trouble with it. T-E-D-E-S-C-H-I. And then my email is jan at jantedeschi.com. Are there any final messages you'd like to give to our viewers here, our audience? Like, what message do you think is paramount that you would like to impart to our audience here at Different Brains? I think that if we could all stop and pause and kind of take a look at what we're thinking and feeling and kind of replace it with compassion and understanding. Because sometimes that fear of not knowing kind of leads to a judgment of what we do know or think that we know. And I think that when we get to that point, if we could stop and redirect and kind of respond or, or even do nothing but just be, be in the present moment with a more respectful, compassionate, caring approach, I think we could start heading in a different direction. Well, that's great. And you know what? That's a very positive statement. And on that note, we're going to have to stop here. Um, it's been great to have you. We've been talking with Jan Tedeschi of Marshfield, Massachusetts, the parenting and addiction coach and specialist. And uh, Jan, it's been real, really pleasure having you here. Thank you. My pleasure. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.com.